This podcast is a B-Side Collections production. Fertility ain't fair. That's right. So let's talk about it. Real, raw, unfiltered with me, your friend in fertility. So welcome back to Fertility Ain't Fair. I am your host, Britt, and if you are new, as always, you are welcome into our space. We're so glad to have you, and if you're returning, well, you already know what happens up in here, so welcome back. Um, On this episode, we are talking to Kenda Sutton-L, who is the Executive Director of Birth and Color RVA and Ambrosia Food for Thought, and we are really all about normalizing the conversations around reproductive and maternal justice, community-based doulas and how to create your individual birth story. She is going to drop some gems, give you some facts, um, some things you may have never even heard before because I was just over here taking notes like what is this, this and that. Um, Kenda is many, many things, um, but she has a couple of things that I'll highlight. Um, She's a doula trainer an equity, diversion, and inclusion consultant, a policy analyst, a CPR instructor, a holistic nutritionalist, a certified lactation counselor, a reproductive justice and maternal health advocate, etc., etc., etc. And she operates her amazing businesses right here in Richmond, Virginia. So she is local to me. So so happy to have her. Um, today is actually World Doula Day. If you did not know, so and actually kicking off World Doula Week. So we have an amazing um, woman hopping in. It's still Women's History Month. Um, And so she is going to talk to us about what it feels like to really create your own birth story and also what it means to have culturally competent care. Say that three times. I won't try. Um, But yes, hopping in today is Miss Kenda Sutton-L and we are talking all things birth and color RBA. So let's get into it. Hey, Kenda. Welcome to Fertility Ain't Fair. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you so much uh, for agreeing to hop on and do lots of educating because I will be honest, I went through the website and I have lots and lots of questions. And so I'm hoping that we're able to to cover all these things um, and help me out, but also help out our listeners as well. So before we hop into all things birth and color and ambrosia food for thought, um, I want to ask you a question that I ask all of my guests, and it is, how do you define yourself? What are the words or phrases that you use to describe Kenda? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I would say passionate, um, advocate, and a mom. Um, I'm very particular about what I sign up for and what I put my name in. And mm-hmm. then also, um, I'm a boundary setter. People need that more more in life. <laughs> <laughs> Were you always able, as a side question, to set boundaries or was it a learned behavior? It was a learned behavior um, because when you give your much of yourself you and it starts to trickle down into the other aspects of your life that you're also passionate about, you'll start to say, okay, something to give and setting those boundaries allows you to do all of what you want to do um, effectively. Mm. And right there, we already have a bullet point. Um, <laughs> no, I, I like that. And I appreciate that. 
So I was well jumping right into, you know, as you mentioned, doing things that you're passionate about and being very selective. Um, obviously, you have two amazing businesses. And so I'm going to start on the birth and color RVA side. Okay. So immediately like on the homepage, um, you know, I noticed that you talk about linking maternal justice to reproductive justice. So can you, uh, I guess, define for us what those two terms mean, um, I guess, independently, and then kind of how does your work fit into each of those things in terms of your advocacy and, and what you do um, in, in your work every single day? Sure. So what maternal justice and reproductive justice are actually um, one of the same. They're separated because the world separates them, mm -hmm. but you can't have a great birth outcome without great reproductive health. Mm -hmm. um, so we can get to as a, as a world st stating that the same, then we're always in the same fight. So yeah. ideally um, they're both culturally sensitive care. Like it's all about rights social, political, and economic inequalities um, that affect each other, especially when it comes to anything reproductive, anything birth. So you mentioned culturally sensitive rights. So hop in there for a second and kind of tell us like what that means, what that means to you and what that means kind of in, in terms of, again, what you do on a, on a daily basis. So when you're dealing with um, a much and reproductive health, you always attack it by the culture of the person. Because mm. each culture does something different. Instead of um, creating a bias because they do something different, it's a learning opportunity. Mm -hmm. You need to learn about different cultures and learn why they do the things that they actually do. And critique your own care to provide the best health care um, to all of those individuals. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I know how important representation is, you know, when we're talking about maternal reproductive health. So how does someone even go about, I, I guess, finding that that type of resource? You know, how, how does someone say, this is, I, you know, I want that. I'm looking for that because I just feel like it's not it's not really discussed often. It, it's not discussed often. There's a lot of different organizations. I know we specialize in making sure that we're creating that framework so that people can learn. Mm -hmm. We teach a racial bias training also within our organization to different healthcare providers so they can learn how to create a different um, birth story for the, for, the, for the clients that they're actually seeing. Mm -hmm. And then also um, simply asking. Um, no one has ever been upset about you asking about their culture or asking how to whatever different information you're looking for. You can always go to the historians at a library and always give you great books and encyclopedias to read that actually have this information in them. Mm, okay. And, and then I guess from your perspective, I know you're a mom. And so did you feel like these things were available to you during your maternal health journey? And then, you know, what what led you to say, I definitely want to, you know, pursue this path, you know, in, in, in my career as well? So um, my whole entire family comes from healthcare mm -hmm. field. So my birth story <laughs> is is definitely different, um, especially when you grow up with people that's that's doing that same fight. So mm -hmm. I've always been taught about, you know, 
mm-hmm. my rights as far as, as having childbirth and like participating with my family, helping other moms. So I've always mm-hmm. been on that advocacy side, um, even <laughs> I really didn't want to. Um, so <laughs> how I got into this work is the I've always been a doula um, because my friends have birthed and, and I always wanted to be a part of that because of my family background. Mm-hmm. When color started was because the maternal mortality rates were extremely high for Black women. Mm-hmm. Black women are three times more likely to die than white women. What we wanted to create was something collectively where people can find people who look like them to help them um, during this whole process, giving them childbirth education, giving them their rights. Making sure that they're really, really prepared, um, showing them advocate for themselves. Um, they, everyone is an advocate. Just have to dig deep down inside and pull that out. And so that's how we actually um, started the um, birth in color. That's amazing. Um, you mentioned the maternal health stats for Black women in particular, and I was definitely going to ask that. And so. Why do you feel, I mean, I've heard, you know, different things and I've read different things. And while I have not yet, you know, conceived and given birth in in my body yet, um, it's a fear, right? And so how, what are the reasons or what are some of the main reasons you feel like that stat is, is so high and remains so high even now when there are resources out there and you know it's 2021 we have all this science technology like why is that still the way it is so it's still the way it is um fun because of racism um Mm -hmm. structural structural racism is within the healthcare center um 68 of these deaths are preventable and Mm. so a lot of people won't admit that it is structural racism, but when you look at how the healthcare system was built, it was mm-hmm. built on the blacks on the backs of people of color. Mm-hmm. So it was never created to actually give us a fighting chance. So until everyone can agree that these healthcare systems need to change their framework, that community-based organizations need to be the the foundation, then the rates will never truly go down. Um, yeah. We have did great success at implementing um, doulas, and I know that that's trickling around the state where, mm-hmm. you know, doulas are being reimbursed um, as we speak, especially in the state of Virginia. It'll start in 2022. Mm. And so that's one key is because they have someone who's going to advocate for them in that space. And they're also going to feel empowered by having someone that's holding their hand, having someone who's the constant factor with this process. Yeah. And I know, you know, going into the the next question in terms of the doula. So in my mind, I always thought a doula was just kind of like, you know, there to like give you moral support, like, you know, day of, but being a doula is much more than that. So Talk to us about, I know you mentioned on your site, they're called birth workers or community-based doulas. So can you tell us a little about what, you know, what those terms mean and, you know, what you all, um, I guess, do in terms of what, you know, your doulas services are provided? Because I know it's more than just, you know, holding your hand and girl and say, hey, girl, it's going to be okay. It's more than that. So yes, it is definitely, um, yeah. More than that, a lot of people, like, they'll say, oh, I'm a birth doula or I'm a postpartum doula. And that's why we 
we say that we are community-based doulas. And so we're providing a, a case management care system. So what happens is we provide evidence-based information if something is happening within that pregnant person that the doctor has said, oh, hey, you have this and it hasn't been thoroughly explained, we have additional questions. And so doula is actually the person who's providing emotional, physical, and spiritual support the entire time. So the doula is the only constant factor within the childbirth process. So when the doctor is not always on call that you've been seeing this whole entire time, okay, not doing what the provider does, but you have a familiar face mm-hmm. in case something does happen. Right. Or a familiar face that's providing you that support and cheering you on. And then also sometimes you have like babies um, typically turn or you haven't progressed and, and things like that. A doula can help with birth interventions like putting you on the birthing ball, using the peanut ball. Mm-hmm. Um, the doula provides all of that support. So it really is a... Uh... I guess, you know, a pre, uh, during, and you also mentioned postpartum. So you're able to really carry this person along like the entire journey. If you, if you wanted to. Yes, um, definitely. We definitely provide that great, um, postpartum support. Um, you have the lactation specialists, um, that aren't always doulas, but we're helping to like, make sure you know how to breastfeed. And all of that, it's it's definitely a, a nice journey to have someone with you to make sure that you have the support, especially when it comes to breastfeeding, because it's you see the glitz and the glamour through pictures, <laughs> but it's it's a difficult process. Mm-hmm. Never done it before. And I know, like, so I know the hospital they have someone that kind of you know tries to help you, you know, of course when when you're in there, but I mean, you leave like quickly after usually. So this lactation specialist could be someone separate, you know, of the doula who's going to help you kind of through how long would they be around? Like, is it the first like couple weeks or like, you know, is it to kind of depend on the person? It depends on the person and what type of um, package they've signed up for. Mm -hmm. Um, It's always different based upon the person and their need. Some people need more, some people need less. Mm hmm. And then, you know, if you, you know, you are, so you do conceive. And so at what point, like, would you advise someone or suggest to someone, you know, if they reached out to you to, I guess, engage and do like, how early is too early? Like, you know, do you call, you know, right when you conceive, do you wait till you make it through the first trimester? Like when should you engage um, a, a doula service, for example? Um, well, everyone is different. So sometimes you a doula early especially if you experience any type of pregnancy loss just mm-hmm. to to have that support and to not feel so anxious um during that process so it all just really depends on the person some people as soon as they're pregnant they start putting their birth team together mm-hmm. some people wait until they're in the second trimester to make sure that they're putting their birth team together so it always just depends on the person and their actual need yeah okay that's good information it's just, it's, it's so many different facets to this. And I, I talk a lot on the other episodes, you know, about, um, you know, growing up, number one, you think getting pregnant is easy. You know, you're, you're kind of taught that mm-hmm. it's, it's 
it's, it's simple. It's easy. It's, it's, it's nature's way. It's, you know, and so, you know, you don't even really think twice about it until you're forced to. And so, you know, being in my shoes of, you know, still being the place where I am trying to conceive and I'm going through different steps with the fertility clinic and all of that. It's just, it's just so much more sort of process. And then, you know, once you do, you know, prayerfully conceive, getting to a full term pregnancy is also not easy. And, you know, all of these things that I'm learning along the way, like what you're talking about, are just really helpful to know now, you know, because once you get into it, you may not have these resources or you may not know where to turn. And so um, thank you for kind of breaking all that down. Cause I was like, what do they do? Like, I I'm thinking, you know, they're really just there the day of, and that's kind of like, that's it, but it's not that. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I, and I definitely agree with you on, on the actual conception because some people contact their doulas prior to conception and say, Hey, this is what I'm trying to do. I'm working on it. Mm. And, and try to get feedback that way also um and so that's not really talked about because people don't really talk about um infertility or in trying to get pregnant as as much as they should mm -hmm. yeah and that's why we're here um so something else that i saw on your site was hypnobirthing so what is that? Because in my mind, all I envisioned was, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I envisioned being in either your home or, you know, in bed at the hospital, full birth happening and like you're being hypnotized. So like, what is hypnobirthing? And, and kind of break that down for all of us who may not know what that term means. Um, so hypnobirth okay. focuses a lot on positive words. It's focused on meditation, breathing, and kind of like a hypnosis, like mm. taking yourself from outside of your body to think about and focus on other other things. And so that helps you to get through the natural birth process um, or even the birthing process at all in general. It's all about birth affirmations and, and empowerment. Okay. I'm all for that. Okay. So it's not what I thought at all. <laughs> like wait can I get hypnotized so I don't feel anything eventually like that sounds awesome um yeah no, no. <laughs> someone needs to create okay. that though. yeah right um that's okay I, I, I mean I'm all for I am a um affirmations girl I am a um meditation girl so I like that that's really amazing actually and I, I mean, I know you could probably do it, you know, you could do it on your own, but like to have someone teach you that or to walk through the steps to create, you know, as part of your birthing plan, this, this space of, like you said, coming out of your body, you know, affirming certain things and meditating over it so that it is uh, more, I don't know, palatable, um, or maybe it helps you get rid of your fear. Cause I, I mean, I know. I don't know many women who have not been afraid of childbirth. So. Yes. So actually uh. it does help you get rid of your fear. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's an actual class. You get to work with it. Um, I recommend it to all of my clients, nice, successful natural births with no medication. Um, wow. and, and this is like one of the requirements to say, Hey, I need you to take this class because I need you to be thinking on this level and keeping it up with positive energy. Um, doing that, that, childbirth process that's like birth therapy mm -hmm. 
That is amazing. <laughs> yes. That's super. I have like a little stall. That, that's super intriguing. Okay. Notes back in my head. When <laughs> things happen, I need to also contact you personally and, and get that going. I love that. Um, so kind of going into this birth and color RVA, but also ambrosia food for thought, um, you being a holistic, um, nutritionalist. So I guess what's your philosophy when it comes to nutrition counseling and, and, and maternal health and, and kind of how do you, you know, meld those things together to really create a really strong holistic approach for, for pregnancy? Um, so with uh, my holistic approach is is just that like I think you should be eating healthy um, during your pregnancy. I know people joke around and say I'm eating for two, but you should not literally eat for two, especially if you're not eating right. Um, making sure that you're eating the the proper nutritious foods, especially if you're going to breastfeed, and then also your your focus should be on the development of your baby. Right. Yeah. And so how do you work with women? Um, I know you work with, you know, women who are pregnant and not pregnant, of course, but how do you work with the the moms to be when it comes to creating this plan? Is it, is it also a class? Is it, you know, creating these different healthy, you know, recipe plans? Like what do you all do to make it, you know, more of a lifestyle change and not just maybe a temporary situation for the baby? So what we do, um, I do classes. Um, I will do a, a meal plan with them if, if that's what they're asking for. Um, and I will sometimes show them how to properly fix the foods that are healthy but still taste good. Because that matters too because people be like, oh, it's healthy. <laughs> it's going to taste horrible. That right. is not true. You can eat healthy no. and it's good. You can Absolutely. season your food with things other than salt mm -hmm. um, to give it great flavor. Amen. Absolutely. Um, and, and do you feel like, I mean, I'm sure you do, but kind of look at the, the whole approach. So when you're looking at a healthy pregnancy, of course you have nutrition aspect, you know, I'm sure you have, you know, you know, physical health as well. And then you have these other things that you're doing, like, like a hypnobirth and that's taking care of your mental. So do you feel that all of those things when combined, you know, your clients are like, wow, like this exceeded my expectations in terms of, you know, what I thought my birth was going to be or how I recovered afterwards, like kind of what's the afterthoughts from, from your clients when it comes to doing all of these things? For my clients, like their um, recommendation is always high. Mm -hmm. um, I have video footage of, you know, their after story and they've always like, you know, I never knew that that's what I needed. And mm -hmm. even the partners, the families, they're like, hey, this was such a great benefit. I'm referring everyone to you um, because people don't talk about the great benefits enough and how we don't only support the pregnant person. Right. We support the whole entire family and make sure everybody's equipped with what they need um, during the childbirth process and after the childbirth process. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, and we even yeah. have providers that that recommend the program that say this is great. I feel like everyone should do it this way. I love the the support in the whole family. You know, if if it's whoever's in the household or whoever's in the support system, because as you mentioned, like it's not just 
you know, the, you know, mother going through all these things, right? There are other people in that household. There's a spouse, there's, you know, grandma, there's, there's other kids. There, there's, there's usually somebody else in that household. And so, as you mentioned, supporting the entire family is really important because that's who they're going to lean on. That's the support system. And so, you know, when they're having tough days or whatever else, if they are also trained on how to, you know, cope and handle and support. I mean, what more could you ask for? Like, it's like the ideal, like everything you've mentioned so far is like really like the ideal scenario. And it can be done because you're doing it every single day at your businesses. So it's not impossible to create this amazing scenario to, to, you know, um, have a positive experience during a difficult time, exciting, but difficult time. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And so giving people a little encouragement and allowing them to empower themselves is always important um, because everyone has empowerment in them. They just need to find it and, and need assistance on, you know, coaching them through. Yeah, no, I love it. This has all been amazing. And so in in terms of kind of summarizing everything, what would be your advice for those who are either looking to become pregnant, currently pregnant, or, you know, that are, are really needing or wanting great maternal care? What advice would you give them? Um, so for the ones that are looking to become pregnant and that are experiencing fertility issues, I would always suggest looking to holistic methods also, um, because there are some great um, infertility physicians that will tell you, okay, let's go back to your plate. What are you actually eating? What are you putting on your skin? All of that actually matters with fertility and people don't understand it. Mm. Um, For the people who are currently pregnant and looking for support, definitely reach out to a doula. you can't in your mind you think you can't afford a doula there are some doulas out there that do a certain amount of free births a year different um resources to provide you with and then at any point if you don't feel comfortable with your provider then you can always switch to a provider who's going to definitely take care of you definitely listen to you um because there's out they're out here I, i know that you hear a lot about Oh, our providers are bad, but not all providers are bad. And um, I made a note, like, I, I just feel like I might have to reach back out to you because the whole infertility and holistic approach is, is big. And as you mentioned, you know, not always discuss, as you said, you know, things that you use on your hair, on your skin, on your body, of course, what foods you eat, but I know it's out there and I've done my own research. I bought books and, but I feel like there's still a conversation to have, like in terms of how all of these different things externally and internally can affect fertility because the fact that infertility rates continue to rise. So there's clearly a connection and there's clearly, you know, a concern, you know, I mean, I'm dealing with the firsthand, obviously. So I'm, I'm very, I'm much more invested, but I think it needs to be a conversation so that, you know, the next generations prayerfully are able to hopefully curb this, this statistic of dropping fertility rates, which is alarming. So I feel like I might need to have you come again and and do a whole talk on that. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) that's that's its own topic. That's, That's a whole separate conversation. But, um, so tell us how can you be reached? What are web and social? Please plug all of your brands and your businesses. 
Okay, on all social media platforms, I am Kenda Sutnell. Um, for Ambrosia Food for Thought, it's at Ambrosia Food for Thought on all social media platforms. And Birth and Color RVA on all social media platforms as well. Awesome. Well, I just thank you. Thank you so much for breaking down a lot of these different terms and for doing the work that you do and for walking and working in your passion. Um, It's much appreciated. And I know that you are literally changing um, lives um, every single day. And I look forward to just staying in contact and also hopefully being able to reach back out to you all when it is, you know, my time. So thank you so much for your time today, though. So did she deliver or did she deliver? Because for me, she did. So thank you again, Kenda, for hopping in. Um, Thank you to Birth and Color RBA and Broja Food for Thought. Make sure you check out all of her services online, on social media. As you can tell, she's very, very passionate about what she does and who she does it for. Her why is, is baked into everything that she does every single day. So if you're looking for services, if you have questions about it, like reach out to her. She is an amazing wealth of knowledge, but also family to Fertility Ain't Fair now. So, you know, hit her up, tell your heart is on the show and um, see what she can do for you. So key takeaways for me. Uh, number one, find yourself culturally sensitive care that understands what you need, who you are and what you're looking for. That's number one. Find the best care for you. Like all of these things that we're talking about on this show, whether it's reproductive health or maternal health or women's health, it's all complicated and it's fragile and it's delicate. And so you deserve the very, very best when trying to figure out what is best for you and your body. Okay. Uh, Number two, doulas are dope. Yes. Pre, during, and post uh, pregnancy, reach out to them. Give them a shot. See if it works for, you know, you, your lifestyle, what you're looking for in your birth story. And that leads me into number three, like create your own birth team. When she kept saying birth team, I was like, look, it's like creating your own board of directors at work. It's like creating your own, you know, uh, like all-star lineup, right? Like this is like your coaching team to like bring this baby into this world and keep you together and healthy and sane and all those things. So create your birth team and then nutrition to support whatever you have going on so if it's pre-pregnancy trying to conceive if it's during or after like nutrition is key we all know that but seriously take it like whatever you're putting into your body on your body and your hair take it seriously get the good products and those are my key takeaways from miss kenna sutton l so um, a couple things. Make sure you check out Amazon for our Fertility Ain't Fair journal, number one. Uh, number two, if you have not already checked out Sayana Fit on Instagram or on the web, you are missing out. Go ahead and go to their website, SayanaFit.com, S-I-Y-A-N-A, fit.com leggings, sweatsuits, comfy bras, et cetera, et cetera. I'm wearing mine right now. I'm feeling good in my seat. <laughs> so check her out and her amazing fashions out. It's time to support women businesses, support women of color um, year round, but definitely in March. So get on into it. Um, what else do I have for you? Okay, follow us on social media, as you already know, at Fertility Fair on everything. 
And I think that's all I have. I mean, I've given a lot today, I feel like, but Kenda gave most of it. So <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. So until next time, um, I am your forever friend in fertility. Stay hopeful.